You're listening to the Fix the Money, Fix the World Show on the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast Network. Here's your host, Luke Mickich. Welcome back to the show, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, today, I'm introducing uh, one of the most bullish podcasts I think I've ever recorded, um, and that is with the one and the only Knut's Fun Home, who's probably written some of the most bullish articles in the Bitcoin space. Uh, we discussed the concept of infinity divided by 21 million Bitcoins and how that kind of plays into the fair value of Bitcoin on a Bitcoin standard. Um, we also talk about the transition to a Bitcoin standard, which is uh, likely to be uh, very volatile and it's probably likely to take a unpredictable path to what a lot of people are thinking and Knut's given this a lot of thought and we explore that idea in today's uh, video. Uh, Knut's also written uh, a couple of really great books that we're going to discuss today and they are linked down below. Go and check them out. Sovereignty Through Mathematics and Independence Reimagined. They're probably some of the most based Bitcoin books in the space and he really does do a really great job at calling out the state and the nation state for what it really is. It is a parasite on society, but we're going to discuss all that in today's episode. Uh, Knut and I are on the other side of the world, so there's a little bit of lag. So um, I'm really sorry if it's irritating, uh, if I cut Knut off a hundred different times in the interview. Uh, it irritates me when I'm listening to other podcasts and uh, the interviewer is cutting other people off. But, you know, I just had terrible connection issues. I'm sorry about that. Um, I, I do want to make the podcast as best I can for you guys. So apologies where apologies are due. Um, but I really do hope you guys enjoy this one. It gets pretty bullish. It gets pretty cosmic. So strap yourselves in. Uh, before we jump in, we better hear from today's show sponsor, who is Coinbeast. Do you have questions about Bitcoin? Personalize your learning and book a one-on-one video call with a Bitcoin pro on Coinbeast Connect. You can learn about mining, security, the Lightning Network, taxes, and many other topics. It's really easy. Choose your topic and pro, select the date when you're available and bring your questions to the meeting room. Book your first call today by going to coinbeast.com and clicking on the connect tab. Be prepared for the financial revolution and get the knowledge you need. Okay, so welcome back to the Fix the Money, Fix the World podcast, guys. Um, I'm pretty excited to introduce today's episode because we've got the chance to sit down with Knut Svan Holm, who has written some of the best articles and books in the Bitcoin space, uh, which I'm sure we're going to get into today. But firstly, Knut, uh, thank you so much for coming on, and it's really nice to meet you. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, nice to meet you too, Luke. Yeah, no, I've, I've really been looking forward to this one. Um, so I think, did you start writing Bitcoin articles in 2016? I believe so, yeah. Uh, I took an online course in early 2016 uh, at the University of Nicosia called a, a MOOC, a, a massive online course, online O-something course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With Andreas Antonopoulos as one of the teachers, and like it's it was an online course in digital currencies. But uh, uh, but when I started to write about Bitcoin, I, I quite early on became a um, what they call a maximalist because I didn't really not even during the course could I uh, like conceptualize what what several. Uh, different currencies would, would, would how that would add value uh, to to me that sounded just like what we're living in now like uh, inflation th- that sounded like a type of inflation 
And then, of course, after Seyfedin's book, uh, he, he, he uh, fleshed that out very well in the in the Bitcoin standard, I believe. And we wrote our books around the same time. I, I believe mine came out a little later than his, but it's it's uh, they have many similarities: uh, sovereignty through mathematics and and uh, the Bitcoin standard. Even though my book is much short, shorter, and doesn't delve into monetary history as much as the Bitcoin standard does. Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting because um, I noticed, obviously, you're writing, um, like you and Saifedean, they were probably the first two big Bitcoin books in the space. Obviously, we had people like Pierre Richard and Bitstein writing earlier, but uh, your book along with Saifedean's, they were kind of... Um, they were kind of the first to really emerge on the market. Since then, we've seen a, a, an absolute flood of well, better, more more content and that come available. Um, well, Andreas Antonopoulos, Mastering Bitcoin, yeah. was before that. Yes. Uh, and that was quite big as well, even though uh, th- that's a, mu- a much more technical book. And uh, uh, I'm not very technical. I, uh, I uh, try to... I try to... Uh, write about this from a, a philosophical an- angle uh, mainly uh, that's my main focus and I'm currently working on a new book uh, <laughs> obviously looking- it's titled uh, entitled everything divided by 21 million and um, it it tries to put even more of a, a philosophical angle on the thing I think I found a connection between time morality and information that is very interesting and I'm uh, deep diving into that uh, and like trying to to frame the phenomenon the emergent phenomenon of everyone in the world becoming a bitcoiner from different philosophical lenses uh, or angles that's that's what i do now i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to um listening and, and reading that one um that's actually a perfect segue canute it's almost as if you've read my mind uh the first topic i wanted to uh, bounce off you today was uh, your concept or the idea of infinity divided by 21 million, because I believe you've popularized uh, that kind of that meme, that idea, that concept. So maybe you can start us off there with infinity divided by 21 million and blow some minds of the listeners. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, the phrase originates from an, uh, an article I wrote for Citadel 21 magazine called uh, Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole. And I started writing about the Banach-Tarski paradox, which I've just watched a, a Vsauce video about. And so, so that's the, that, that's the angle I used when I, I started writing this article. And it's about, that's a mathematical phenomenon that describes how you can create a sphere out of another sphere by, by using advanced mathematics. And it's, it's sort of a paradox uh, because you can't really create another sphere from a sphere, or we don't know how to do that, but mathematically it works out. And uh, I tried to connect that to Bitcoin being very abstract and very absurd, and like creating it's something from the informational realm that creates something in the physical realm, uh, or like it, it, it has a reversed <laughs> relationship to, to what other things are like. From the physical world, we we uh, we turn stuff into information, and uh, then the information becomes valuable uh, indirectly. But with Bitcoin, it's the other way around. It's the the information is directly valuable and literally valuable, 
and translates to physical things in the physical world. So, so there, there's, there's an opposite thing to everything else going on there. Uh, but when I wrote the article, I was very sleepy and uh, I didn't think much of it at the time, but I thought, uh, well, uh, I'll send it anyway. And so I sent it to, to Hodlanot up in Norway and he published it in this magazine. And um, I remember having been at a Bitcoin meetup in Copenhagen when I heard it for the first time because guys one read it uh, uh, on the Bitcoin Audible po podcast. And I was walking home from, from a fantastic steak din dinner and I listened to it. Uh, uh, and it turned out a lot better than, than I remembered it. So I thought uh, maybe I'm really onto something here. And then we made that little video with uh, Yoni Appleberg, and uh, he created this beautiful uh, formula from the, 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 the sentence in the article is, uh, imagine everything that is and everything that ever will be divided by 21 million. Uh, so uh, uh, he visualized that through, through this simple formula with like the infinity sign <laughs> and uh, divided by 21M. And uh, it, it's a really it's beautiful graphic. And, and it just took off as a meme after that. Uh, it started with Adam back retweeting, retweeting it. Uh, I tweeted about it and he retweeted that. And uh, Michael Saylor has retweeted it. And like people has put, have put it in their Bitcoin handles and everything. So <laughs> I was just happy to be a part of a meme like that taking like going viral uh it's so weird to uh, to uh, experience that uh, it's it's certainly more than just a meme I, I think the whole idea of everything in the world divided by 21 million bitcoins is it's such a kind of abstract concept because we because we've never seen anything like that before in in human history like a, a money with a fixed yeah. amount of supply uh, for anyone listening in on the podcast, I've just pulled up that YouTube channel um, from Ioni yeah, okay, Appleberg. Uh, Tell us a, a story about that, this, Canute. Uh, a comment. Yeah, yeah. A comment to this. Uh, but the beginning of the video here, uh, it says like Bitcoin is a mathematical concept, but it's differ it differs from other mathematical concepts. And that that is the first part of the article that is not in the video about the Banach-Tarski paradox, which have little little to nothing to do with bitcoin so so the 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 video is actually condensed version of the article and uh, it uh, i'm very happy with how it turned out um so th there's another phrase in 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 this that i really like if you uh, uh, uh a bit earlier uh, uh it's about uh, how when there's no way of uh, when uh, violence is taken out of the equation when you can't know how much anyone owns or how, uh, how uh, I've got that one or, or, I've got that one somewhere in here actually <laughs> um, all right I had a few quotes there it is to... there it is do you I see saw, it I saw it done yeah in, in black there we go there when you cannot know how much a person owns and when you cannot take it by force, there's just no way of enriching yourself other than providing something of value to your fellow, fellow man. And this is, I, I, I think this is one of the most underrated aspects of, 
what Bitcoin is, because it it removes violence from the equation on so many layers of society, like on a personal level and like, uh, of course, taxation and inflation and other coercive government measures become much harder to execute in a hyper-Bitcoinized world. It's it's beautiful. Uh, I I think um I was recording with my co-host the other day, Corey. Um, I you've been you've been on uh Corey's podcast before, Corey Tusik. Corey, at Corey Tusik. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm co-hosting it, it, that with him now. So that's that's what we're on. That that's the Bitcoin TV guy, right? <laughs> or, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a movie maker. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the but, movie maker man. Yeah. But, we were talking about this concept just the other day. We were saying um, just how revolutionary that idea is. The fact that nobody can steal your Bitcoin by force. Like throughout history, you can just walk into another empire. You can overthrow them violently and steal all their wealth in the form of gold yeah. or any other capital goods. But Bitcoin, we were explaining this to the audience the other day. You can't do that with Bitcoin. Sure, you can invade them. Sure, you can torture them. But if, if they don't give you your 12 or 24 word seed that's in your head, they can't steal your Bitcoin. So, Yeah, and, and you cannot know how much Bitcoin another person owns. Because even even if you have like done your chain analysis thing and you can say that uh, I know that this person owns these bitcoins, you cannot know if he owns any additional bitcoins on top of that because you can have them. There are very many different ways of owning bitcoins. Like um, you, you can you can have uh, acquired them. You you can acquire them in many different ways, and you can. Not not ever everything will have uh, um, has to be traceable because you you don't have to buy them off exchanges. You can buy them peer to peer, and you can work for them and and so on. So, uh, the the basic concept there is like the really profound thing is that uh, an invading force would be better off trading with you than than taking stuff, trying to take stuff from you forcefully. Uh, and as as the value of Bitcoin grows, uh, a higher and higher percentage of everyone's net worth will be in Bitcoin, which means that uh, a higher and higher percentage of their total net worth is in the informational realm and cannot be taken by force. Uh, so if 99% of everything you own is in Bitcoin, uh, so <laughs> like you own a house maybe, but you own 99 more houses because they're in Bitcoin. There's like um, trading with you would be much more beneficial to a potential invader than, than trying to take them by force. Uh, yeah. And I think it's a really beautiful aspect of the, of the, uh, of the discovery of Bitcoin. I couldn't agree more. Uh, just reading the book, the sovereign individual, that was really mind blowing. And then, then combining that with that aspect of Bitcoin, how it disincentivizes violence, it's 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 a real mind bender. Anyone listening who hasn't read the book, The Sovereign Individual, go and check that out. And we're going to get into Knut's books uh, later. But you mentioned a little bit there, you're kind of teasing at the concept of a J curve and an S curve. Um, so. Yep. A lot of people compare Bitcoin to a technology when we're talking about how much of the world is going to adopt Bitcoin. A lot of people say, hey, look, I think 
if all the money in the world flows into Bitcoin, it'll, it'll be worth roughly, you know, $100 million um, of purchasing power in today's dollars. Um, obviously, guesstimating price is pretty hard, but a lot of people assume once Bitcoin captures all the money in the world, it's just going to rest there. Um, and the, 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 when you chart that adoption of Bitcoin, it will look like an S. Uh, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit more, Knut, on how you see it unfolding. Um, again, for the listener, yeah. I've got a chart pulled up um, from one of Knut's videos he's done with uh, Guy Swan and Ioni, and they're kind of comparing the shape of the J and the S curve. So I'll let you, I'll let you jump in there, Knut. Uh, yeah, this this video is. Uh, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that this is how it will play out. This is more to like awaken a, a, a thought in the in the viewer's mind like like all the all the the articles i write and the videos i do it's about it's about triggering a thought process and uh we, we live in a world now where we have exponential growth in technology and like what is technology it's uh, it's tools basically and all tools that mankind ever invented were invented to save someone time somewhere so a technology is a time-saving device and technology gets better and better over time exponentially all the time. But in our current system cannot, uh, the, our current mon monetary system does, does not reflect that uh, because it's, it's, it's not scarce. <laughs> uh, it, if, if the money in society is the cheapest thing there is to produce, everything else gets uh, more expensive in comparison to that type of money. And if the money we use is the, the, the most expensive thing there is to produce, the opposite is true because all prices will go down denominated in that type of currency. Uh, and so, but the, the, the main point of this video is that uh, when everyone on earth has some Bitcoin, that's not the end point because there's still more money than there is people in the world. So they can still convert the rest of their money into Bitcoin as well. And that's not the end point either, because there's still more assets than there are money in the world. <laughs> so they can convert what, like, uh, and that's not the end point either. Even, even if like everything is in Bitcoin, everything divided by 21 million, you can still speculate that the price will go up since human flourishing will go up and like purchasing power will go up since... What we have uh, when we're fully hip hyper Bitcoinized is a global sound money free market, uh, uh, which is a much, much better economy than what we have now, because we live in a severely handicapped system uh, as of now, because uh, inflation and taxes and regulations and interventionism is everywhere. So we're not utilizing the, the our full capacity at all. We're maybe, <laughs> we might be, like operating on a 5% uh, capacity or the, if you, like 5% of humanity's total uh, capacity for, for progress. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is very fascinating and uh, um, th there are many ways to think about this, but uh, I think most people have the wrong idea because we think that uh, Bitcoin will have an S-shaped adoption, uh, an S-shaped adoption meaning that prices will go up very rapidly and then stabilize at one point. But I don't believe uh, prices 
for a commodity that is absolutely scarce, like the only type of deflationary money we we have, uh, that that will ever stop increasing in in purchasing power. Uh, it's just not possible, especially since technology is exponentially better, and uh, to keep up with that, fiat currency has to be exponentially worse. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so the the process is faster and faster over time, uh, and yeah, there are many different different ways of describing this. There's someone do has done a reverse S, like yeah. uh, <laughs> if you look at uh, at the um, uh, what Bitcoin's price looks like today, it looks like sort of looks like uh, not an S, but a. Uh, a what do you call that shape? <laughs> uh, it's like a log. It's like a diminishing it's like returns. A log, yeah. Diminishing yeah. returns, but that might that might just be the beginning of something else, where <laughs> where the the Heinz ketchup effect takes. Uh, uh, it, it it might be that it hasn't begun yet, even begun yet, because we've only seen one country adopt it as legal tender, a very small country, and and uh, only one large corporation really in microstrategy exactly. so we've only we've only seen the first dominoes fall so we don't <laughs> and this is a, a prisoner's dilemma type uh, game theory game theory experiment and the other dominoes will start to fall because it's their only it's their only move like the sooner they get on they get on bitcoin the the more they benefit from it and they being late into this, it, it, you're punished for being late. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't, incent- couldn't agree more. It's the, um, the incentives it's, are aligned. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird concept trying to wrap your head around the fact that Bitcoin's going to continue to grow and grow and grow forever. Uh, that kind of ties into the uh, well, firstly, I think that was a really interesting point you made about. Um, the inflation, the taxes and the regulation, all of that's holding back a lot of potential investment and entrepreneurs. And when you... Yeah. It's, it, it's misallocating capital, yes. basically. Yeah. yeah. And then, then when you strip that away um, and the GDP continues to grow, that's where you get that um, continued growth in the price or purchasing power of Bitcoin. Because that's... Yeah, all- uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't like the term GDP because yeah. I think it's a, a, a pointless, borderlining destructive metric. Uh, what we have now is, is a system in which like GDP, uh, a country can't function if GDP does not grow every year. And uh, <laughs> that means growing by the same percentage every year means an exponential uh, uh, growth in uh, like stuff. And that's not something to uh, to strive for, so so because it's not sustainable. All the environmental problems and everything, uh, every every problem humanity has can be backtraced to to the uh, the creation of of new money, yeah. uh, because it's the it's it is the mechanism mechanism that that forces us to spend rather than save. And in a world where everything is abundant and people still don't want to spend their money because they're better off saving it, like <laughs> that's that's a much much 
friendlier world to live in or, or better world in every sense because this gdp nonsense is is just dis- destructive uh one of the numbers that are that is baked into gdp is it's like prescription medicine sold and how is that a measurement of human flourishing uh and mm-hmm. many other things like uh if 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 a prison a private prison makes a profit that's that's in the gdp it's guns guns sold is is in the gdp like it's not really a measure uh, uh, a, a good measure of human progress at all i can't wait until we throw all the keynesian models in the bin uh, these useless metrics like gdp and uh all of it canoed I, I can't wait for the bitcoin standard and we start acting rationally um yeah. I, there's I think... another video coming by the way <laughs> oh really yeah, yeah. Tell us I, the back. Tell us the backstory of the video. So you, they're the, based on your articles. Guy Swan reads them from Bitcoin Audible, and Ioni Appleberg is he the editor or the producer? Uh, he's the animator, and yeah. like yeah, and the the editor and the producer. Uh, so so he, he's a really talented guy, and he he started making videos way before I I started writing articles too. I think. Uh, and I've been a fan of his for a long time. So when I finally got in touch with him and he wanted to collaborate, I was really happy about that. And like when we made the first video, I had goosebumps all all, mm-hmm. <laughs> all day, you know, mm-hmm. seeing seeing this stuff come to life. Hey, uh, was he a Bitcoiner before you found him, Canoe? Yeah, he okay. was. He, so he made a lot of educational videos before he made the, these ones with me. Uh, uh, one about proof of work that is really, uh, uh, really good. Uh, so I can re- just go to his channel and, and subscribe to him because he's a, he's a very underrated guy in the in this space. Definitely go and check him out, plebs. Ioni Appleberg. We've got it up and up on the screen uh, for those yeah. listening. Oh, for those watching on YouTube. Um, but as we're kind of talking about hyper-Bitcoinization and how the transition is going to unfold, I'm going to pull up a quote from, I actually can't remember where I pulled this one from, Canute, whether it was an article or uh, sovereignty through mathematics. But the quote is, uh, the coming tsunami that is hyper-Bitcoinization is scary, but a skilled surfer can expect the ride of a lifetime. Uh, <laughs> how do you see the transition unfolding, Canute, and how do we best surf this wave that is hyper-Bitcoinization? Well, the, the first thing is get off zero. Uh, yes. No one should have zero Bitcoin because then uh, there's nothing to protect them, basically. And uh, furthermore, the uh, the coming tsunami, like a tsunami can be very destructive. <laughs> and uh, that's that quote, it's, it's more like, there's an there's an earthquake come or there's a, the, the the Titanic will sink but there's a lifeboat and you can or there's a life surfboard <laughs> uh, so so uh, you can surf your way away from the Titanic sinking uh, because the the crash the crash is coming regardless of whether we have Bitcoin or not and and that's that's a very uh, important point to make. Um, because like bitcoin is 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 like a um, an airbag uh, the, the, the the car we're in will will crash uh, eventually and if you have bitcoin you have an airbag and you can survive the crash and if if you if you're good at 
doing Bitcoin stuff and if you've been in it for a while and if you've experimented with it and if you've wielded Bitcoin, as <laughs> my friend Nico says, uh, for a long time, you, you know, uh, the, the more you know about it, the, the, the higher your ch- chances of surviving the, the oncoming oncoming onslaught. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, oh, I love how you raised the point that the crash of the fiat system is inevitable. That's a point Corey and I always try to drive home as much as possible, especially with all the propaganda coming out recently. Uh, for all these articles saying Bitcoin's going to destabilize the financial system and Bitcoin could cause hyper hyperinflation. I think it's important to nail that point home that the fiat system was going to collapse on its own. Um, it, it has to because you have exponential uh, development in technology uh, and in order to keep prices stable, uh, you have to print exponentially more units of money to keep up with it. So you have one uh, very uh, good for, force for good, which is the time saving of all the technologies. And you have an, a force working in the opposite direction, which is the, the, the decline of the purchasing power of every monetary unit of the world. And that can only lead to what fiat currencies always lead to. It leads to either a revolution or a, or, or a war. Uh, that's how we reset the system. Germany had nine different types of currency uh, in, uh, during the 20th century alone. Yeah. Two world wars. And <laughs> like, and then, uh, yeah, that, uh, the collapse of the of East Germany, like uh, th- there is no such thing as a stable price or a stable uh, fiat currency. It, it, they all die at some point. The 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 oldest fiat currency in existence today is the the British pound, which has yep. been around for about five hundred years, and it's called a pound sterling. Because you could exchange it for a pound of sterling silver at some point. <laughs> try, try to exchange a British pound for a pound of, of silver today. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you just can't. And it was pegged to gold. You could get like, I don't remember the exact amount. I think it's 1.37 kilos of gold or something like uh, that. Something like that. I, I don't remember. The, it's in the Bitcoin standard, I believe, the uh, the exact number. Yeah. Uh, the, when it was pegged to gold, you could buy, redeem the pound for a certain amount of gold. But the, the pound today is just like every other uh, shitcoin or fiat <laughs> currency. Cleptocurrency. Oh, I like that. Uh, Cleptocurrency uh, or, and crypto. Crypto is the other one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the... the, 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 the 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 video we're working on now is uh, is about the double spending problem, oh. uh, and I think the 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 solution to the double spending problem is misinterpreted by by the so called crypto community, deliberately or non deliberately. But there's more to solving the double spending problem than the technical aspects of it, the, the computer science aspect of it, which is like attaching it to a blockchain. And if the blockchain gets decentralized enough, it, it, it works. But the economic aspect of double spending problem is like <laughs> having another unit of account than the unit that is not supposed to be double spent 
is effectively double spending that thing Be because it is inflation. So uh, in Bitcoin, the, 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 the limited supply cap was probably a side effect of solving the double spending problem. But in hindsight, it's a necessary aspect of it because the economic reality is that you can only solve the double spending problem once. Like you can only discover absolute scarcity once. Uh, because uh, discovering it again makes no sense because that, that takes away the absoluteness of it. Uh, so, and that is very tied to the double spending problem. If, if you can have inflation or if you can have multiple currencies representing the same thing, that is double spending. So the double spending problem is solved by Bitcoin and nothing else. Do, you, do you I'm follow with you. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm still trying to digest the first part. I'd never heard anyone say um, link link Bitcoin's 21 million hard cap to the double spending problem. I'd never considered it from that angle. I was just I was just chewing yeah, well, on it for a minute. Well, double double spending problem. Like the the first part of it, it's making sure that people can't spend their coins twice. But if there's an inflation in in the system. People are spending their coins twice. It's the same thing. So, so in that sense, you need absolute mathematical scarcity in order for the, the, the double spending problem to, to actually be solved. Otherwise, it isn't solved. Uh, I mean, you, if you have a dollar bill in your pocket, uh, that dollar bill can't be double spent because it's a physical thing. You give it to someone else. But the, the, the value attached to it can still be dilute, diluted by, by someone printing more dollars. And in that sense, it is double spent because the, the, the whole purpose it, of it is to represent value. And if that value can be diluted, that's, that's the exact same thing as it being double spent. So, so uh, that's what we, we're trying to achieve with the next video. I, I, Hopefully, and uh, there's a chapter on this in, in the new book as well. Oh, By nice. the way, Yoni Appleberg is uh, writing a book as well. Wow! So, uh, so you have a couple of books to look forward to. Jeez, there'd, uh, there'd be a, there'd be a lot. Of, there's there's a lot of Bitcoin content between you your writing, Ioni's new book, and then the amount that guys read. <laughs> that's a dynamic. Yeah. Uh, that's a troublesome trio of Bitcoin content producers yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. And my my goal is to have my book uh, done by uh, by by Bitcoin 2022 in Miami in April. So hopefully I can sit at a table there and sign books in uh, in April. That's oh. uh, that's the plan. Wow, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. if, if I can make it over there, I'll, I'll try to get a signed copy off your canoe. That'd be that'd be great. Um, <laughs> where where are you now? I'm still stuck in the Australian gulag, sadly. Oh yeah. Uh, re recently yeah yeah how well, don't dox yourself but how do you see um how, how do you see all of this unfolding let's say between country to country uh, like are you looking at where, where's your bitcoin citadel canute if you look around the country say you'd prefer to be in the u.s or obviously the u.s but how do you compare places like mexico australia i think there's some listeners of the podcast that are in europe as well so 
how do you kind of see all of the the Orwellian madness that's going on in those countries? Yeah, it to me it really put a finger on how ridiculous it is to have different rules sets of rules in different countries, right? Because and like trying to fight a virus is is like trying to fight an idea. It's completely pointless uh, because it, 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 you you can't point you can't point point a gun at a virus. It doesn't work. Uh, just like, as you can't point a gun at Bitcoin or two plus two, it doesn't doesn't work. So so hopefully it will wake some people up to to like uh, the necessity for a new set of rules in the world that we can operate by. That is not. Uh, so tied to national borders and jurisdictions, uh, and I have I have some hope for for these uh, demonstrations that are going on all over the world that they, that they will have some some impact because uh, it's madness like the, the the lockdowns and like everything about uh, COVID and everyone being so afraid. Of of the virus instead of the governments, it's 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 just depressing. Uh, and there's so much arrogance, like uh, the arrogance of thinking that you can solve something by by letting doctors advise psychopaths to decide for us what is best for us or not. It's it's just like these are if you're going to keep your store open or not, or in, like or your restaurant open or not during a pandemic should obviously be the choice of the owner of that place and no one else. Uh, of course, we should try to provide as much information to that owner as possible, but the decisions should still be with the one owning the property. Uh, and this is true for everything always. Uh, whenever governments try to meddle with these things, they, they create a lot of side effects that they don't think about they they, they think about looking uh, looking good and like virtue signaling to the mm. public uh which makes them very dangerous uh think of all the the drug abuse and the domestic violence and the suicides and everything that has come out of this and now that they're they're trying to impose even further restrictions because of the omicron variant mm. which which is everyone survives it hasn't taken any lives yet sure. so we're fighting uh, <laughs> the flu or a cold with like the most draconian measures you can think of and it's it's just it's just so weird and i i hope that uh i still have some hope that uh, some countries will lead the way out to this like scandinavian the scandinavian countries have, have east uh, east up on the covid restrictions a lot and uh, some other countries as well. And I hope they can lead by example, but, but it might as well go the other way and be, just get worse and worse over time. Uh, time will tell, I guess. And as always, it's good to have some Bitcoin to, uh, to be able to escape. I mean, escaping a country is, is very hard. And uh, if you don't have Bitcoin, you can't really bring anything with you. Uh, if if you escape by plane, uh, so uh, it's another yeah. it's another beautiful aspect of Bitcoin. Just the fact you can slap Definitely. twelve words in your brain and actually that reminds me cross, of another quote I wanted yeah, to cross any border, cross any border you want. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Um, there was a quote here about how you can beam Bitcoin. Um, so here mine, it is. This, this is from yeah. sovereign, uh, no, sovereignty through mathematics. Yeah. Uh, once you realize that the Pandora's box of an idea that can't be closed again by anyone, everything is put into perspective. Once you realize that, that it is now possible for anyone with a decently sized brain to store any amount of wealth in that brain or to beam wealth anonymously to any other brain in the world without anyone ever knowing, everything you were told about human society is turned on its head. Um, I butchered that one at the start. I started a bit, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the concept we're talking about, just the ability to store your bitcoin in your brain it's a it's a beautiful concept and a beautiful quote from the book as well thank you uh yeah uh, that's one of the one of the things that made me write the book you, it's it's so profound uh, yeah that insight when i'm when i'm recommending books to people um if somebody's coming from the kind of economics space i'll send them to saferdeen's book first and i say this is the book for you but if i'm talking to somebody who's not economically minded and they're more skeptical of the state um i'll send them to sovereignty through mathematics first because that's probably the most based bitcoin book uh there is around and this is probably a good segue into talking about the separation of money and state um that's yeah. something i love talking about and it's something you really get into a lot in your book. Um, maybe we can start with this quote here. I, I think you were talking about climate change and proof of work from memory in this chapter. And this quote, collectivists always disguise their urge to deprive their fellow man of his or her possessions and freedoms as a necessary thing to do in order to save humanity. This is yeah. nothing new. There's a quote from El... H. L. Mencken about that, uh, and it's uh, uh, the urge to save humanity is almost always a false front for the urge to rule. Yep. And uh, I, I think this is regardless of, of intention. Um, I think many politicians and so have a, they believe that they're like infringing on others' uh, freedoms it is for the greater good. And this this ties into the financial atheism and separation of money and state as well, because I believe that uh, the very notion of a greater good or a, uh, a higher power it is a very, very dangerous aspect of the human psyche. And it's the thing that uh, makes human humanity a virus more than anything else. Like our intersubjective belief systems makes us very powerful in groups of humans very powerful and we can we can form groups larger than Dunbar's number but it's not necessarily good for uh, for the individual in that group uh, an, an individual in a, in a sect or like a, in, in a, a criminal organization can be very very uh, yeah damaged by by what by the group think uh, while the group can still survive. I mean, ideas have behave like like genes. Uh, memes uh, it was a coin uh, a term coined by Richard Dawkins in the in the mid seventies, and uh, it's about how ideas survive and evolve in the same manner as genes do. 
and uh, uh, the the idea of suicidal bombing, for for in, for instance, uh, can be that idea can survive even though it, its host dies, because because it's the the idea is very powerful because the host always dies in such a spectacular way that others would will want to do it too, and hence the the idea survives while the while the um, the the suicidal bomber himself dies. And uh, th there's another video about about this called uh, the Bitcoin, the separation of money and state, and that has actually been animated by uh, two other animators as well as Yoni Appleberg. Uh, so, and that's a piece I'm I'm quite proud of. Um, and it's about the distinction. I I I think that many Bitcoiners compare Bitcoin to religion and to like a new spiritual awakening and everything. And I think we should tread very careful when carefully when when doing that because because I I think the the uh, the very notion of a higher power or a greater good is is the 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 dangerous thought here because that's the thought that makes us ap appeal to authority. Uh, 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 religious we, we, leaders and state leaders have always been uh, uh, able to exploit this notion uh, for their for their own ends, uh, and that is true for the Pope as well as for uh, a leader of a nation. Because nowadays I, I view statism as another religion, and arguably the worst religion yet, because it's so uh, widespread and accepted everywhere, and and it's very. Uh, yeah, th this this video talks about the central bank having replaced the the notion of an afterlife, and I dive into that in the new book a, a bit further uh, because I view the afterlife, the notion of an afterlife, as existential inflation. Because if 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 we were completely indestructible and had uh, eternal lives, we were if we were immortal. We could always postpone everything, every action to, to tomorrow. We wouldn't have to act because we would live forever. So we could just wait, yeah. which means that the value of our time here on earth would be, uh, we would value our time less. Uh, and that's what I think a lot of religious people do. They don't value their time here on earth as much as they should. Uh, so, so they tend to focus on arbitrary things and, and things that don't have anything to do with their, uh, with like trying to make the earth a better place here and now. Uh, so, so the, I, I compare that, the, and to, to me, that is a form of time theft. Uh, uh, religious leaders have been used to be able to fool us with the, the thought of an afterlife and like 17 virgins in heaven or whatever, and they could make us fight each other because of this notion and value our time here and now less. And in the same manner, a central bank uh, steals our time too. It's, it, it, monetary inflation is time inflation or existential inflation because money is supposed to represent human time. Uh, and the central banks uh, try to make us believe that we can have a better life here and now by just acquiring more pointless fiat that goes down in value year by year. So, uh, and we can see our houses go up in value and we think we're rich, but we're really not because every other house is too. It's just the uh, purchasing power of the currency going down. 
So they they've created a uh, the, the same thing, but something to strive for here and now, and it keeps us all in the hamster's wheel. So yeah, <laughs> a lot That's of it. different threads to pull on there, but. Uh, so much I to hope it makes sense yeah yeah no it does um i had to read chapter two twice um the part about bitcoin atheism and religion because i'd never kind of stumbled across that concept before and it was i think i can't remember it exactly but you were talking about how how when people were convinced um or when was it ceremonial burying when that was invented uh, yeah and people were seeded with the idea of an afterlife. It expanded the sizes of civilizations and cities. Yeah, that's that's basically when we invent war, because yep. that's when you can fool uh, 18-year-olds to go into war with the other tribe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it's a very dangerous thing. Uh, and... Yeah, the, the, the chapter in Sovereignty to Mathematics is just skimming on the surface of this because there's there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, and I think Bitcoiners better remember why they came into Bitcoin in the first place. It's because they were skeptics about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they were skeptic about stuff uh, and they had the skeptical minds. And skeptical minds ought to avoid dogmatic thinking wherever the, whenever they encounter it and ought to question everything, including notions of higher powers and appeals to authority wherever wherever they are so uh, i think in order to really reclaim the driver's seat of your life you you uh, you need to rid yourself of all appeals to authority and of all notions of higher powers and realize that you you can you can form your own destiny I couldn't agree more. That's a really, really salient point you made. Uh, it's very interesting. I mean, I look forward to that your next book because um, that's a really interesting concept. I'd love to kind of dive in a little bit deeper. Um, but something else, um, some another quote from the book um, that's kind of, this kind of touches on the topic of fiat food, fiat medicine, and that kind of thing. Um, and it was really interesting. You were talking about the rise of uh, ADD and the, and the, what is it? It's Ritalin. They subscribe, um, they prescribe to the kids. Um, and you asked the question in the book, are we medicating the wrong group of kids? Um, and I think the quote goes, good ideas propel humanity forward. And we have no idea what we're missing out on by turning our would be future inventors and scientists into docile sheep and zombies. Um, so that was a brilliant forgot, one. Forgotten about that. But that's a good one. <laughs> that was a beauty because here in Australia, um, they're really, really big on prescribing the um, ADHD pills, the the Ritalins, and so that really, yeah, that spoke to me a lot. Um, maybe walk the listener through the yeah, concept I, of fiat medicine, and yeah, I, I just thought of a connection there between the uh, Australian lockdowns and draconian political measures uh, yeah. and and Ritalin, because what it does, what like uh, obedience is key yeah. here, and like we're incentivizing people to be obedient more and more each year, and obedience is a very bad thing in the long run, like because it it's so easily exploited. And it's the same thing with the Chinese social credit score system. And that's like the vax passes and everything are a segue to that. That's, that's, where they, that's what that will inevitably lead to. So, so we need to be less obedient. That's like, and like 
if our kids are not obedient and if they question authority, we should premiere that rather than just punish them all the time. Because exactly. like being a duck kept in line by a, by a leader is, is not something to strive for. It's something to that like you're supposed to rebel against your parents. You're supposed to rebel against your school and your, your, the political class and whatever. Punk rock is a good thing. People, yes. people seem to have forgotten this. Like, <laughs> Teenagers are supposed to be rebellious. They were not supposed to to shoot them with tranquilizer darts. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and I, I think there's a big part of the problem actually because the, the, there's there's too little rebellion going on, like yeah. uh, too much obedience. I couldn't agree more. Um, I didn't get the chance to ask you more about your background, Canute, but you kind of reminded me there when you mentioned punk rock. Maybe you could, because um, that song you did last year, I tried to find it for this video, for this uh, interview, but I couldn't find it. Fuck You Money is probably one of the catchiest <laughs> little Bitcoin songs I've come across. So maybe let the listeners know a little bit more about what spawned that song and your background um, in, in the music industry. Can it? Yeah, I wouldn't call it that I had a background in the music industry. Well, <laughs> we signed a record contract once with a band, but we never got anywhere. Uh, like uh, we had a video that went semi-viral via the Pirate Bay. But uh, yeah, I've been doing making music all my life, and uh, these little Bitcoin songs is what they are. What what comes up nowadays, and uh, a song like "Fuck You Money" it just came to me. Like took five minutes to write, five minutes to record, and uh, after that, it's up on Twitter, and I get much more engagement than I ever did with any band, and like. I remember like uh, printing CDs and stuff uh, 20 years ago. And well, maybe your mother and your brothers heard it, but no one else yeah. and because the, the internet enables you to, to, uh, to interact with people directly. So, so, uh, and your, your artistic creative, your creative side can have ha- used that as an outlet in so many new ways. And like right now I, I, I don't have the patience or the like the time to to record music properly, but uh, but just just coming up with small songs and posting them on Twitter is fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, you have to you have to tag me in that uh, video because I tried to find it in preparation for today's uh, interview, but um, I'll definitely stick that in the show notes because that that got me fired up when I watched when I watched that. Like, but I, I shared it in the in the in the chat there. Okay, awesome. I'll I'll definitely be putting that in the show notes for the plebs because uh, that, that's a great little <laughs> rip. Um, now where were we? What what were we on uh, recently? And we were talking about separation of church and state. Uh, so Canute, how do you think? Yeah. How do you think all that's going to unfold? Do you, do you think we? Do you think it's maybe going to be like a decade or two decade long battle, or do you see? Would you, would you see certain nation states maybe bending the knee more easily than others to adopting Bitcoin? The thing is that that's like the first nail in their coffins, uh, adopting Bitcoin as legal tender. That's like that's like the end of all nation states yeah. uh, in the long run. Uh, and I, I recently read uh, both Democracy, the God That Failed by Hans-Hermann Hoppe and 
the ethics of liberty by by murray rothbard which is an excellent book by the way uh, the other one is good too uh and it really puts into perspective uh how how weird the notion of a government or a nation really is no other animal on earth does this to themselves uh, it's just humans uh we're the only ones that have these entities uh and they're basically just huge criminal organizations because the morality is easy uh, you don't take other people's stuff and you don't use force you you don't interact with them violently if you just follow those two principles you can you can lead a very moral life uh there's a chapter on morality in my new book by the way about about how how you don't need religion to be be moral because you can just behave as if other people were uh, conscious beings too and that they had value value hierarchies and you can just apply praxeology to to the whole thing and come to the conclusion that interacting with others should be done non-violently uh, it sounds so simple like, when you when you talk from first principles done it doesn't it but the government and it, the nation state wants to yeah. complicate and confuse people with thousands of pages of leg legislations and, and laws it's yeah and it's really simple at its core but like humanity is at a point where we have two robots roving around on on mars <laughs> on another planet we can we can talk to robots uh, on another planet but we have not yet realized that theft is wrong yeah it's so, so it, simple it's, isn't it it's so weird uh so so that's that's where we need to start we need to stop stealing from each other yeah and the way to do that is to it's through through hyper bitcoinization because the temptation of printing new money will always be too too great for the for the people in charge of the money printer so the only way of doing this is by introducing something that can't that that can't be influenced by humans and that is bitcoin it's it is an agreement on a fixed set of rules to to, to interact Bye. And that's all we need. Uh, uh, as long as we agree on what Bitcoin is, and that is Bitcoin. <laughs> so yeah. it's a positive feedback loop. Uh, yeah. As long as the, then that that's the idea. And an idea whose time has come is is truly unstoppable. Oh, I love that. Um, and yeah, this this is another point in the in the in the book I'm writing at the moment. Sorry for shilling that so much, but no, but, uh, please, uh, it's do, about, please do. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's about how the Bitcoin, the idea, Bitcoin, the meme, Bitcoin, the network, Bitcoin, the protocol, Bitcoin, the life form, Bitcoin, the symbiote, Bitcoin, its users, Bitcoin, the T-shirt, Bitcoin, the coffee mug, Bitcoin, Peter Schiff's resistance to it, Bitcoin, the whatever whatever aspect of Bitcoin you think of. It's all the same thing. It, 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 uh, its success as one fuels its success as all the others because it's all the same entity. Yeah. So, so Bitcoin, the coffee mug, the success of that is, is part of Bitcoin's price. And when you realize that, and when you realize that there, this is an idea and it's an idea that 
it's not like an idea like suicide bombing, which kills its hosts, but it's actually an idea that makes its hosts richer yeah. and gives its hosts more power and has a profound impact on the psyche of the host and incentivizes the host to not only uh, like pump their own bags but to 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 turn into a stoic superhero and influence others and show each other how 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 much better a world without violent coercion could be it just so, changes uh, the incentive so much doesn't it completely it flips them on the head completely flips them on the head and like the more you think about it the more profound it becomes and it takes a while to realize that like I said before about the double spending problem, that there can only be one deflationary currency. This is a one-time discovery rather than an invention. Uh, it, you, you, you can't replicate uh, uh, a finite representation of everyone's uh, time. Uh, that, that can only be done once. We have one shot at discovering that, and we did. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. such an invention. Such a beautiful, beautiful invention. Discovery. Discovery. <laughs> discovery. Thanks for thanks for pulling me up on that. <laughs> discovery. Yeah. Because it's uh, it's it's quite important because it's when you start when you realize that it's not an invention but a discovery. First and foremost, that's uh, that uh, it it puts the finger on like that it can't be done again. Uh, it, yeah. it can't be replicated. It's 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 part of the solution to the double spending problem. You discover a solution to it. You don't invent a solution to it. It's like either it works or it doesn't. And it happened to work. Yeah. It seems to work. Well, we'll see. But it's the best shot we have. I, I feel like we've crossed the chasm. Um, I think maybe <laughs> yeah. in 2010, maybe in 2011, when it was a bit smaller, the nation state could yeah. squash that bug. But I, I just... Yeah, and... Uh, even even during the, the, the what convinced me was the the segwit 2x hard fork failing yeah uh, in 2017 that's like the tipping point for me because then you had a an actual uh precedent like of uh a, a, an actual case of bitcoin showing itself uh, showing its decentralization to be to be sufficient yeah. uh when when the users could could stop all the big companies from doing what they wanted uh, like like to me that was proof that the users are really in charge of this thing uh we're the ones in charge and therefore it will work a system governed by rules and not rulers such a beautiful exactly yeah um we kind of nearly touched on another point i wanted to bounce off you um kind of not many people kind of well there are a lot of bitcoiners that compare bitcoin to speech and communication but you're probably one of the ones that's probably a little bit more prolific talking about that so maybe you could just walk us through how humans kind of uh settle conflicts it's either by violence or communication is that is that the the concept of it canute um that you lay out in the book yeah and and as I said before, the mor morality morals are really easy. You you don't don't steal, yeah, <laughs> and don't don't use violence, uh, and so, so and this ties into like free speech. Uh, we we have but two ways of resolving conflict, and that's 
talking to each other or like communicating or using force that's that's the two options we have there are no there's no third option and the 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 less violent option is always preferable of course the it, it goes without saying that we want less violence in the world yeah and because it is uh, bitcoin is is pure information it, it's i would even go so far as to say it's a, a it's an informational element on the periodic table an element without mass uh the proof of its existence is its existence like when you when you have the proof of work uh that uh, and you can when you have the private key you have the information about that element and that is that is the element it's it's strictly informational so we have turned everything on its head because we have something something from the informational realm manifesting in the physical realm uh and if at their core physical things are also just information if you go down to the quantum mechanics level the the the, the smallest unit in the world is the planck length which which is when you measure it measure it the 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 fundamental particle either turns to one or a zero it's a binary state so so everything is information at its core but bitcoin is pure information it it has no other layers to it so so it, it, it you can't use force <laughs> like it, it 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 dissolves the the barrier between knowing and owning yeah. yeah when you know about your bitcoin you own them and like uh, it turns everything on, on its head uh and restrictions are on bitcoin are violations of spree, free speech so that's another quote i see on the screen now and that's yeah. that's what it's all about you get uh, and the depressing part about it is that you wake up to this reality you're living in that uh, that everything the state ever does is a violation of yeah. your property rights and a violation of of, of free speech basically uh, you're not allowed to express yourself in uh, th th there's no such thing as free speech anywhere on earth there's always someone trying to stop you from expressing value to someone else it's so scary it's so so yeah. scary but it's such a profound idea um Knut, i've i didn't realize we've yeah, been going for you go yeah we, we yeah we, we we did this to ourselves we 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 chose to uh, we choose to uh, to uh, adhere to these ideas every day. We we choose to do what our leaders tell us to do, and we choose to follow their laws and principles. And we're the ones giving them power. We just need uh, to say no. Yeah, we just need to say no. And in order to do that, we need to stop using their preferred uh, means of expressing value, which is fiat currency. So if we stop using that, we're we're <laughs> we uh, we've come a long way because that it it empowers us simultaneously as it disempowers them the first so, peaceful uh, revolution where the first yeah exactly such a such a profound idea it gives you it gives you goosebumps and that's why canoe canoe and i are uh, just 24 7 bitcoin we can't stop thinking about it it's <laughs> something else that something else that kind of gives you goosebumps or 
leaves you leaves you up at late late at night scratching your head is the idea of a simulation and in one of your chapters in the book you kind of tease this idea at the very end of a chapter and I was it was it was very interesting I think um, so this is the quote can the inhabitants of a simulated reality actually feel or measure a slowdown of the simulated reality they live in and you just finish the chapter by saying are we living in a simulated, are we living in a simulation? And that was it. So maybe Canute, I'll ask you that question. Are we living uh, in a simulation? I, uh, look, I don't know and neither does anyone else. I, it's impossible to know if we're living in a matrix in a matrix in a matrix. Mm -hmm. uh, these, these are fun philosophical thought experiments, but they're little more than that. Uh, what, what would happen though, if like, if the solar system exists, but everything outside of it is just, uh, or let's put it on an even smaller scale. Let's see that say that the Earth exists and the solar system and like everything outside of the Moon, basically, or maybe Mars, is just a uh, projection yeah. <laughs> from some some, and we're living in this uh, fishbowl experiment, uh, a sphere the size of the orbit of Mars, or something like that. Uh, then event proof of work would eventually slow down the simulation because it takes actual uh, computing power. It, it requires something in the simulation to do the actual work. <laughs> so there would be a lag in the computer program running the simulation. <laughs> that's, that's the idea, but, uh, but it's, it's pretty far-fetched. It's just, uh, it's like, uh, yeah, one of those, one of those little thought experiments that I, I love because they, they can make people think in ways they haven't thought before. <laughs> it was certainly the first time I'd considered Bitcoin mining from that aspect, Canute. So thanks for the thought yeah. experiments. They're, they're great fun. Um, I think we've been going for well over an hour now. I think that's probably a good note to wrap up on, Canute. Um, I will definitely be linking to um god you have so many different articles but i'll definitely be linking to your two books in the show notes down below for people is that in independence reimagined is your newer one in 2020 and then sovereignty through mathematics was that in 2019 yeah um, uh, pe yeah people should definitely go and read those books um maybe do you have any closing words canute where can people find you um obviously let them know all the good stuff yeah, most of my Bitcoin stuff is on Twitter. Um, I have a Telegram channel as well and a, a Patreon account if you want to support me. Uh, I, I'm not very active there yet. Uh, like the plan, I've quit my fiat job and everything. So the plan is to do Bitcoin full time now, but I'm 100% dedicated to writing at the moment. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm writing my book uh, and I'm working on the swedish translation of the bitcoin standard oh, nice. uh, so i'm in a group there uh, and i'm the editor of that project uh, but so so those are the two things i'm doing at the moment and of course christmas and everything is coming up so i'll be mm. uh, uh hanging with the family a lot uh but uh, there are there's stuff on the horizon definitely uh, you could you could link to the videos as well maybe because yep. that, that's like the my 
latest con contribution to this. Some of the videos are from articles, some of them are written as videos, and some of them are uh, chapters of the books. Definitely. Just visualize. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and uh, see you on Twitter and maybe in my Telegram channel or something. Definitely. <laughs> I didn't even know you had a Telegram, mate. Like, this is the first time uh, we've, we've actually met um, online here, so um it was it was great meeting you canute um i'll definitely have to go and check out the telegram channel i will be 100 putting those videos in the show notes everybody should go and check those out they're great uh for orange pilling new people or normies on bitcoin there's something about those animations um combined with your work canute combined with guy swan's voice that just seems to speak to people um those really short Thank videos you. are really great so People should yeah, definitely... very, very, very proud to be collaborating with those two yeah. and and everyone else. I mean, get to know a couple of Bitcoiners. We're, we're a friendly bunch. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're not all toxic, are we, Canute? Yeah, we're, we're toxic towards bullshit. Exactly. Uh, so Call like, out the scammers. That, that, that's another quote. You can put it down there. Toxic, toxic Bitcoin maximalism is the <laughs> shitcoiners term for honesty. Yes, I yeah. love that. I do love that. Yeah. <laughs> um well all of that will be in the show notes uh canute thank you so much for coming on my friend i had an absolute blast meeting you and talking bitcoin yeah today. likewise thank you okay no worries oh. see you guys have a good day see you